Well, it's so good to have everyone here this morning. And uh, I know if, if you're like me, you have a relative or someone you know that's been, been sick. I mean, my, my grandson, my granddaughter, my daughter-in-law, my daughter, they've all been sick. They've all had fever up and down and all around. And, and so I'm just so glad that uh, uh, I'm glad I'm doing okay. And uh, just just to let you guys know, I mean, I had I had to go to one of my checkups this week, and uh, it was kind of like after my surgery and looking at all the stuff and all that stuff, and I got a great report. So uh, I'm excited. You know, every 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 so many months they're going to be doing scopes and pokes and all those kind of things, but showed me where they cut things out and what they. And man, let me just tell you, when you go do a, one of those scan things, it's very revealing. They show you everything. And so it was kind of, my mom was there. I was a little embarrassed. But anyway, just, but, uh, you know, but it was, uh, it, it, I just felt great. I mean, he took all restrictions off of me. And so I, my waistline has expanded since he's, I'm enjoying foods that I haven't enjoyed in a while. It was actually good. And I don't know if it's a good thing when you get, the green light in its Christmas season, you know what I'm saying? And so y'all just pray that I walk in self-control like all of you do. And uh, amen. Come on. I thought y'all didn't walk in self-control. But anyway, but, but uh, I know, man, I, I just, before we do anything, um, we were actually after my, I went and did my doctors, got my, my, all my stuff. We, my wife and I did a little Christmas shopping for the kids. And one of the places we went to is uh, it's a music store in Lafayette called CNM, and a lot of our equipment and things like that over the years we bought them from there. And so we're going to look for an item for someone in my family, and I'm not going to say who it is, but he's sitting in the front row. But anyway, just and and so if he's wondering, but the thing is, is that we went in there, and I know a lot of the guys there. And while while I was there, one of the guys. Randy, who was the guy, he's kind of a hippie-looking guy, but he's really cool. And, uh, and he, he, he went to the back, and I go, you know, he was helping us. What's up? And, man, he just found out uh, he has uh, cancer. I said, are you serious? And he said, yeah, uh, uh, they're trying to, he's trying to schedule surgery. So when he was coming out, make a long story short, when he was coming out, I just said, hey, Randy, man, I, heard what's going on and I said man can I and I, and I just go can I can I pray for you I just I literally just had surgery and I lifted up my shirt I'm not gonna do that here because I, I mean I literally have a scar that goes from here all the way down and um he goes that's what I'm fixing to get and I go well what's going on he said well it's crazy I went my wife is a teacher and they were having like this screening thing and I just wasn't going to do it. And they screened me, and they found out that, that there was something wrong with my kidney. And I went to the doctor, and I have cancer in my kidney, and they got to take my kidney out. And so I just, I just said, can I pray for you, man? I just prayed for him and, you know, all that stuff. And at the end, he was like, dang, Bubba, whoo, you know, thank you. I mean, you know, I mean, give me your phone number. Give me, you know, and it's like just so if you remember, just say to me, say Randy. Could you pray for Randy this week? Because I told him, I said, I'm going to tell my church to pray for Randy. 
All right, so I'm letting you know, and it's up to you, and no condemnation on anybody, but I want you to pray for Randy, for his surgery to go well, for everything that, that, that there, there's nothing else that's going to happen to him. Amen? And so this morning, last week we started a new series, and, and we talked, we called it Carols, and this morning you're going, man, wasn't it great just to sing a Christmas song this morning? Come on. And... Um, you know, as, as I look around, there's different carols, and, and, and you, you hear something, uh, you know. But this morning, I want you to hear something new about the carol that we sang this morning. Oh, come ye, oh, come all ye faithful. And, and God has placed in those lyrics, I believe, in many of the Christmas songs that glorify God. There's some key phrases and key things there that I think that can really help us. And I really had a good time Latin. So this morning, Oh, Come You Faithful was originally written in Latin. And I'm not going to, I can't even say the guy's name. But it was, it was written in the, 1800, in the 18th century. And a guy by the name of John Francis Wade actually, you know, uh, uh, he was a hymnist, and that he brought it into, uh, he, he composed the music to it, and then it was translated in English in 1841 by a guy's last name was Oakley, the guy that actually stole Oakley sunglasses. No, I'm just joking, but anyway. And, uh, and it was a carol that, that stood the test of time, and it's, it's been sung since the 1700s. But maybe when you sing that song, there, there, there are things that kind of seem kind of daunting to us. And the first line, it just, it kind of gets, it gets me, it gets me something. It says, oh, come ye, all you faithful, joyful and triumphant. And so, yeah, many times at Christmas season, we don't feel faithful, we don't feel joyful, and we don't feel triumphant. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we just feel defeated, depressed, and doubtful. And see, you know, maybe faithful, you know, when I think maybe it's the faithful side of things. Maybe you have some things, maybe you're struggling through faith issues right now in your, your life. Maybe, or there's some trial that's causing you to question lots of things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes I think of that word faithful. Then maybe it's that, that word being triumphant. We don't use that word anymore. You ever hear people, oh, oh it, was, oh, it was triumphant. How many of you have heard that word in the last two weeks? I mean, no one uses that word anymore, but a word, you know, it, because it, it, sometimes people don't use that because they, they feel defeated, don't we? And we look at our finances and we go, oh, yeah, we feel real defeated, or, or, or really broke, busted, and disgusted. And so, you know, or maybe it's your marriage, and you go, man, I figured that our marriage would be further along than it is right now, and I understand why we're where we're at right now in our marriage, and, 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 but how did I get here? And you feel defeated. Or maybe it's the joyful side of things. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but joy can be sucked out of me sometimes really quick. How many are you talking about? It's like, I mean, you can wake up feeling great, everything else, and your mate's not doing great, and then you're kind of worried, you pray for them, but that's not going to disturb your joy. You show up at work, everybody's got the mully grubs, and what are you smiling for, idiot? You know, I mean, all those kind of things. And you just feel, or maybe anybody who goes shopping this year, come on, your joy can be defeated. I know I've done some, and I don't know about you, but you might can relate to this. You mean you go in the checkout line, and they got the lady that's writing out that check, and she's slow. And who writes checks anymore? Get a debit card, honey. You know, or you're in the line, and it's the coupon lady. 
She's been saving coupons all year, and you get behind. I got sucked behind one of those this week. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me. Please help me. Joyful. <laughs> Just help me. You know, and I've got, you know, or you got that person, they think the barcode's missing. Can you get number 14? And they put it on the speaker, and you're waiting, and you're waiting for the barcode to come back, and no one seems to be answering the lady. Can you get, I mean, he's like, can anybody help this one? And then they come, and it's the wrong number, and it's the wrong, you know what I'm saying? Okay, none of y'all been there with me. And we're just kind of going to mean, we're just standing there going, man, the joy is gone, Jack. But, you know, that's, it may be a silly example, but, you know, man, many things that, that we have, like, that, that get us to that point, you know, we get, we get worrisome and it steals our joy. It robs us of everything that really what we should enjoy during this time of the season because this is a time, the season that represents Jesus. And see, as I look at this song, I want to ask a question. Who is Jesus? Who is it that Jesus calls? Who is it that Jesus calls? And, and I started looking at that, and Jesus calls the weary and the burden. That's what Matthew eleven twenty eight says. It says, Jesus said, come to me, all you that are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It's not talking so much the physical, even though if you break down the physical, you know, within a 24-hour span, that like a heartbeat beats like 616,000 beats per minute. It's like the blood that trickles through our body travels 168,000 miles. If you did it in a 20, you know how much pumping it goes through. That we eat, think about this, we eat anywhere if you're average size, average weight, we eat, this is average, I don't know about you, we eat, between, we eat about two and a half pounds of food a day. We digest, you really want to know? You know, we digest a lot less than we eat. I'll just put it that way. We drink about 2.9 quarts of fluid. I mean, there's all these statistics physically. and No wonder people walk around weary. Your body's worn out from what it's doing for you. But I'm not talking about, I'm talking about that, that, that person that's worried about their child. I'm talking about, and they're just weary from that. I'm talking about the person that's just weary through the things that they face, the things that they've had to go through time and time and time again. It's not a physical thing, but it's feeling like you just can't go another day. How many you ever been there? Then there's the other people that Jesus calls. He calls the sinners. And I love this portion. It says in Matthew 9, verse 12 through 13, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. For I've come to call not those that, 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 are, that are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You know, the thing I don't ever want to become is a holier-than-thou person. Where people would come to our church, and look at me, I want to talk to you. That people would come to our church, and we have this holier-than-thou mentality. When people come, and like, we got our, you know, Jesus touched us, and now I got my act together, man. Can I just say something here? I hope people enjoy your company because you represent the life and the joy that Jesus should represent. 
And that, that people that don't know the Lord would feel comfortable walking in this place. Are you hearing me? And not only that, 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 that there, there's, a, there's a quality about you that attracts people, and believers and sinners alike. It's just because, you know what, that was true of Jesus, and I hope it's true of you. You know, I want people that are down, that are out, that have had rough times, that are going through things, that are thinking, well, man, if I just get there, maybe there's some answers for me that I can find. I heard that our Savior's Church is a loving, giving Awesome church. And maybe I can go meet some of those people that help at Paradise Park or put on things at the school or bless kids during different times. Are you with me this morning? We need more, more Matthew parties. You know what, Matthew? Remember Matthew when he got saved? I mean, he, he had a party. And people, you know, and he said, man, you, he, he opened up his home. He opened up his heart. And he goes, you want to find out what changed my life? Let me just tell you about him. And why don't you meet and greet Jesus right now? You see, my, my desire for you is that you would open up your heart. You would open up your home. You would throw a Matthew party. And that you would allow people to hear about the person, Jesus, that changed your life, your marriage, your circumstances, your outlook. You see, 2 Corinthians says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You know, I've been reading a book. It's, called, it's uh, written by Derek Prince, and it's called Foundational Truths. And it's about a 500-page book. And it goes it's about 50-something chapters. And it's, it's really just the basics of, of Christian doctrine. That's really what it is. And I've been enjoying it. I've, I've just sucked it up. It's such an easy read. I got it for everybody on my staff and everything because I want to bring them through this book. And one of the things he's talking about, one of the things I was reading this past week is talking about the old man and the new man and how the Bible says that we should bury that old man. When you come to the Lord, you should die. Okay? The cross represents death. When you saw someone carrying a cross and they were going outside the city, that, that says they weren't coming back. And see, a lot of times we as Christians, we want to just keep kind of letting that old man. It's kind of like this. When you bury something and it dies, you leave it there. Are you hearing me? How many of you ever buried a dead pet animal? I mean, you know, your kids are like, Woo! And, you know, you as a parent, thank God Fido died. But anyway, just, no. But I buried some animals that my kids love, and I like them. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm, I don't want to be sound hard and cruel and everything. You, everybody here knows I don't like cats. My daughter has two cats, so you know it's not my choice. So her mother told her, they prayed. They said, if a cat comes to the house... You can have it. Well, when we had that hurricane, there was a cat that got under Nathan's hood. Meow, meow. My wife heard it. And they picked it up, fed it, and they thought it would leave. Come on. Oh, it'll leave tonight. I go, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking. Okay. The next morning, guess what? Meow, 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 meow. Under Nathan's hood. So my wife goes, oh, remember we prayed. Bible, we prayed, and God sent us this. Oh, God, God? Well, anyway, just a few things I wanted to say, but I didn't. 
And so, make a long story, when I had my surgery, this is true. This is all true story. When I had my surgery, Alex was at the house watching my children, and that cat got out. And so, I rejoiced. The Lord brought him in, and the Lord took him out. My wife even came, left the hospital because the cat was really loved by my, my little girl. I mean, I love, I kind of, I don't, I don't want to say love. I, no, I got kind of used to the cat. And, and, I, and I did, I was upset for her. You understand me? I was really, truthfully, truthfully. And it's good to have confession come from the soul, especially from up here. And, and I, I, I was... You know, so I was gone. So what happened is my wife and my daughter decided to get another cat. Well, she called her daddy. She goes, it's better. Her daddy's written books about animals and used to do a newspaper article about how to do things in animals up in Seattle area. Anyway, so he said, you know, it's better to get two cats. They come from the same litter. They can play, blah, blah, blah. My wife's kind of like, she goes, I'm going to get two cats for her. Oh, two cat, baby. So she goes to... Mermintal gets this cat. We have this cat how many days? Four days? Well, then one day, Sabrina's grandmother had passed away, and she calls Tracy. She goes, Tracy, I think I saw Smokey, the first cat. I'm like, Tracy, Sabrina's just feeling sorry for Libby. She's hallucinating. She's having hard times with her grandmother passing away. I promise you that's not our cat. So I'm going there. She comes back with the cat. And, I, and she goes, this is Smokey. And I'm going, that's not Smokey. I'm trying to have denial. No, that's not. No. 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 Now we have two cats, and they both are outside, which is fine with me. You know, Pastor Bubba, why are you sharing all that? I don't know, but I was, it was good. But anyway, <laughs> no. It's about that old person and the new person and coming back. And see, I thought, <laughs> I thought Smokey had died, and he had been buried. But guess what? He came back. You know, but for us, when we bury something in our lives, we're there to leave it there. You understand me? When you go to a funeral, except if you're Harry Gomes, you go and raise people up from the dead, all right? Lily, he's had three people that he's prayed for, raised them, they came out of, I mean, Lily, they were dead, dead, not dead, stinking dead, but anyway, dead, and they came up. I believe that happens. Are you hearing me? But it's like for us, God, when you, when you die to something, God's not looking for that miracle power to let that old thing rise up. He wants you to continue to put that to death. And cannot look at me. Every one of us fight the old man or the old woman, however you want to put it. Okay? And there's many times that that old person wants to come out of the grave and take control over what God has done in our lives. And really what he's saying here. You know, you bury that. Many of you have come here today and realized God is wanting you to know that, that, that you can become a new creation. That all things become new. When I gave my life to Jesus, when many of you gave your life to Jesus, there was things that you just said, I can't have this part of my life anymore. I'm, you know, talking about. And no one was telling you, don't do this, don't do that. You just go, I, this can't be a part. Hello? 
can't be apart. You're a new creation. God gives you a new set of eyes. You All of a sudden, you begin to have Jesus' contact lenses, and you don't see like you used to see. You begin to see like he wants you to see things. Are you hearing me? And your attitude, you become, that's where the Bible says you put on the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean you get a brain transplant. Some of us might need that. It's like my old girlfriend, when I got saved, she goes, you've been brainwashed. And I looked at her, if you knew it was in my brain, you're glad it got washed. Lily, God, you begin to put on that mind. And the more you get in the word, the more you spend time with God, all of a sudden that becomes more of who you are. So the old is gone and the new is here. And that's what Jesus said. I'm calling people that are sinners. I'm calling people that just are real. People that need change. And they know they need change. Hello. How many of you know before you came, that you were born again, that you knew before you became born again, you needed to change a few things? Come on. Anybody here like that? And all of a sudden you thought, well, I think it'll be good with God, but I'm not sure. But it was actually better than you thought or imagined that it could be. And see, this is the question that I have. And it's not in my notes. It's not in the question is, in what are you doing to propagate or to advance or to help the kingdom of God right now? You see, where the enemy wants to get us, look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes because I really mean what I'm saying this morning. And hopefully I try to mean what I say every time I get up here. What are you doing to reach someone? See, the enemy's going to lie to you. Who are you? You're not even faithful with this. You're not even faithful reading your Bible. God's not looking for a chart and going, oh, you did this, this, and this, and this. And now you can have these blessings. It's not about a do and don't chart. You see, I believe this is that it means we're a new person. What is it that Jesus helps us to become? Let me just say it. The first thing, Jesus helps us to become more faithful. How many of you want to be more faithful? You know, Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who, ini- who initiates and perfects our faith. You know, when I think about that, why do we think God does the saving, but we do the perfecting? Why do we think that? You know, it's God that does this. He perfects it as well. He, how many you know God perfects you? And the thing, the greatest picture that I can give you that there's hope for everyone in the entire universe, it's a picture that God gave while Jesus was even on the cross. And it was called the thief that was next to him. Hello, Lord. Remember me when you get to your home. Remember what Jesus said today. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. You know, it didn't say that, he didn't say that the Lord's prayer, he didn't repent, he didn't do all those things, but I think as he did that, that Jesus saw a repentant and sincere heart. Are you hearing me? He saw that this man was truly sorrowful for what he had done. And he said, today, you're going to, everything that I enjoy today, you're going to enjoy. 
And that's a picture of every one of us. That If Jesus reached out, Father God, he gave Jesus a glimpse of what we would be like. Come on, come on. Before the, everything else, he gave a glimpse. And that glimpse to every one of us, there's hope. If there's hope for the man on the cross, there's hope for you and me. Thank you for all those amens. It's true. You see, when the entire world would have the opportunity to follow, you know what? When we look at it, the whole world could follow the example of the cross, of the thief on the cross. And Lord, remember me. The gospel is not just power for salvation, but it's power for sanctification. It's not me trying to make myself better. It's me putting myself before the presence of God and his holy, and by the Holy Spirit. And so, God, you see anything in me? Please take it out. I like to call it the cup inspection. You know, how many believe that God, Jesus, God is the living water? He has everything you need. And I believe that every day that God has that living water, that picture of living water. And we're like that cup. And we're saying, God, fill me. And God looks, he said, I'd love to fill you, but we need to, there's some areas right here that we need to clean up. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been wrong about something? Have you ever just had the spirit of stupid just get on you? Everybody, let let me just say, everybody's done something sinful. Everybody's done something stupid. And everybody in this room has been stubborn one time or another. And I'll just say this, that Jesus comes and he sees all that. And he goes, hey, let's, let's, let's deal with the attitude that you've had. How you spoke maybe to your wife this morning. And, and you didn't build her up, but actually what you did is you made her more insecure. I don't want, let's work on that. Because see, Jesus is all about dealing with the issues of the heart. How many believe that? He's going to deal with heart issues. It's not the outward things that that's so obvious. It's those little things that we don't see sometimes. And then we cover up. But God comes and he says, no, no I want to work on that. And you know how? How glad, you know, it's like, well, Pastor Bubba, how does God do it? I'm glad you asked. See, Romans 10 says, so faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. You know, in education, what they do is, with the way they used to do it, in the way they established education, they said, look, there's what we're going to do in order to get children to learn, we know that, remember, it takes 40% of all learning happens because of hearing. 60% 60% happens of learning when you hear and you see something. But 80% of what you learn is retained when you hear, you see, and you do. See, it's not just, the Bible says hearing the word of God. How you know it's important to hear the word of God? Hearing the word of God, it builds our faith. When you hear God's word, it builds your faith. Don't believe me? Those of you having a faith trial right now, listen to the word of God. I want to share with you what the word of God says in Isaiah. Look what Isaiah says. Oh, now, Jacob, listen to the word who created the Lord who created you, O Israel. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through fire and oppression, you will not be burned up. 
The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Those of us who believe in Jesus, when you hear, word, hear these words, you feel like, man, this builds my faith. That if I go through something difficult and hard, and, and, and God's there with me. If I'm going through deep waters, how many of you felt like you ever were going to drown? Literally, you're going to drown. Oh, I'm just going to drown in my pity. I'm going to drown in my sorrow. I'm going to drown in all this stuff, what I'm going through. See, Jesus helps us to become more faithful as we allow this word right here to get into our hearts and our spirits. It gets inside of us, and it permeates us. It kind of ah, just gets through you. And the second thing is Jesus helps us to become more joyful. You know, before I get into that, I don't know if you heard that Forrest Gump passed away. He did. He died and he went to heaven. And he's at the pearly gates and St. Peter's there and meets him. And he said, you know, and he, when Forrest gets there, the gates are closed. And Forrest approaches and he's like, Peter. He said, well, the gates are closed. And he said, well, Forrest, it's certainly good to see you. We've heard, a lot of, we've heard a lot about you, but I must tell you, though, the place is filling up fast. And we have been administrating an entrance examination for everyone. The test is short, but you too have to pass it before you can get into heaven. Forrest, it sure is good to see you, St. Peter, sir. But nobody ever told me about an entrance exam. He said, I, I sure hope the test ain't, ain't too hard. Life is big enough test as, as it was, St. Peter. Well, you know, Forrest, but the test is only three questions. First question is, what two days of the week begin with the letter T? The second question is, how many seconds are in a year? And the third question, what is God's first name? Forrest leaves, he thinks about these questions, and he begins to think about them, and he returns the next day, and he sees St. Peter, and he waves up to him, and he says, now, now, have you had a chance to think over these questions? Tell me, tell me. He goes, uh, Forrest, well, the first one, which, which two days in the week start with the letter T, shucks, that was the easy one. That would be today and tomorrow. And the saints opened his eyes wide, and he said, Forrest, that is not exactly what I was thinking, but you have a point. I guess you can't, it's not specifically what I wanted, but I'll give you credit for the answer. How about the next one, asked St. Peter. And so how many seconds during the year? Now, now that one was harder. That took me all day, but I, I, think, uh, I think about it, and, uh, and I guess I only have one answer there. There's 12. Astounded St. Peter, 12? How in heaven's name could you come up with 12 seconds in a year? Far supply, shucks. That's, that's, that. There's got to be 12. January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. Stop, 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 Forrest, stop. I see your point. It's not what I had in mind, but I'll give you credit for that one. Let's go on to the third question. Can you tell me God's first name? Forrest replied, it's Andy. Andy? Exclaimed and aspirated St. Peter. He goes, okay, 
Just how in the world did you come up with Andy the, for the first time? Saying, That's the easiest one of all, Forrest, Forrest replied. I learned it from the song. Andy walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his. Now, if any of y'all don't have a sense of humor, come on. You got to have an ability. Come on. Did you like Forrest? All right. Some of you need a sense of humor. Some of you need, I, I set you up because I want you to be joyful. Some of you that had the molly grubs coming in here today, I mean, that's just something I say. But how about if you listen to the word of God and you listen to what God has to say about you? The Bible says that, that there's songs sung over you. Jesus helps us become more joyful. Joy is talked about in the word of God. It's a fruit of the spirit. In Galatians 5, you know, I mean, I mean, think about it. The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. But I want to talk about joy. The Bible says there's no, you know, I, I want to think. An apple tree produces an apple because it's a, you know, it's not having to try any harder. Oh, apple, come on, get apple. Get. It's not trying harder to make an apple come. It just, it can't just squeeze out an apple. It just, it. It doesn't work. The same thing with us. Our joy comes from a relationship with God. It's something that we can produce. But please understand that joy and happiness are worlds apart. Happiness depends on happenings. Hello. And what happens in my life. But joy depends on Jesus. See, this is a Christmas story. Luke 2 says, the angels reassured him, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. It was something to be joyful over. And the third and final thing, are you with me this morning? Number three, Jesus helps us become more triumphant. I'm sure you figured out by now what I was trying to get at. But now we feel more Trump. Sometimes we have, we have to have another person in our life to help us feel triumphant, we think. Someone else can kind of help us to feel our way through, don't we? But many times we don't realize who it is that has our back. Because it is the living God who has our back. Colossians says this, listen here. And you who were dead in your trespasses... In the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Let me just say this. You need to underline that word, forgiven. Because that's where everything starts. Do you know that you were forgiven? Look at me. If you've been forgiven by God, there are people that you may have to forgive. That have done things that aren't right. They've said things that are cruel, that aren't even here today. They've gone on. But I believe that all of us have to come to that point where we have to learn to forgive people that have done things to us or said things to us. Because can I tell you something? If you don't, you become like that very person. Hello? That you hold on to. You become like them. And they relive in your mind and mind again and again and again because you haven't forgiven them. You haven't buried that. You haven't put it to death. 
And for some people, it's very difficult. It's very hard. And I understand that. And I have compassion for you. But I believe this is that we have, and he just says this, but I like this. He says, but verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Listen to this, that stood against us with this legal demands, and it's set aside, nailing it to the cross. See, the sins that I have, that have plagued you, they may be written on a list. And they're written. But Santa Claus makes a list and checks it twice. And seeing if you're naughty, or nice. But the thing I love is that our father, on the other hand, makes a list and checks it once. Then he nails it to the cross where the blood of his son covers completely the list of our sins, shortcoming, shortcoming, stupidity is blotted out and totally by the blood of the son of God. You've been forgiven and you need to learn to forgive someone else. See, I love what the verse next to it says this. He disarmed, look at it, verse 15. This is so good. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. What does that mean, Pastor Baba? If you knew anything about Roman generals, when they would conquer a people, they would take... They would do whatever. Literally what they would do is they would strip. And I'm not going to strip, I promise. They would strip. This is just an example. They would literally strip everything off of the conquering general. There was an army that opposed them. Strip them naked. Bring them. And the general would come with his whole army. And they would march toward while other men had this naked enemy. And they would march to it. And the general in all his glory would put his, his foot over his head. As he shamed that general. Because what he did, he stripped away the power, the authority of everything that opposing general had. And see, let me tell you something. When Jesus walked out of the grave, the devil thought that he had him on the cross. But when he walked out of that grave, he had stripped the enemy of all authority, of all power, of everything that can come. And that means that when you wake up in the morning and you got this little thing and it says, you know what, we're going to be depressed today. You just got that depression thing. You better take that pill, man, that depression. I mean, and that's where you could rise up and go, wait a minute. The blood of Jesus covers me today. And guess what? I don't need you, depression. In fact, Jesus put depression to shame. He put depression under his feet. And today, I walk in victory. I walk in joy. I can be faithful to God, and I can triumph over my enemies when Jesus makes me strong. That's what he's saying. And the picture is this, is that for some of us, we've allowed our enemies to walk on us. And literally begin to shame us and who we are in Christ. You see, if you don't know Jesus, let me just say this. You're a perfect candidate to meet him. He takes you, like the old song says, just as you are. Man, I, 
I love some of the old stories I read that when Daniel was facing the lion's den, that God shut the lion's mouths. When Joseph thought he was going to lose and be defeated, you know, and thrown in jail, falsely accused and all that, then in one moment, one day, he rises and he becomes a prime minister of all of Egypt. One moment. I talked about that last week. That God's in your tomorrow. Even though you hadn't got there. God's in your tomorrow. See, some of you are worried about what's happening tomorrow, this week, this month. If I'm going to make, if your grandkids are going to be happy because I don't have enough money to buy all their gifts and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. You got joy, you have Jesus. See, some people think they can buy joy by the things that they get. You know, how many of you heard about those people that won that big amount of lottery? I read a story, and the guy goes, listen, it had a whole article, and I think it was in the New York Post. And it, read, and it talked about all the people that when they won the lottery, they had a guy win the lottery, he won $313 million, like, in 2002. And that's what it said. It said, in that time, his daughter and granddaughter had overdosed. His wife left him. He got sued by multiple people. Are you hearing me? And then he started, they talked about all these other things, and he ended up bankrupt. Bankrupt. And he said, that's the way it usually happens. Unless they have a financial planner, unless they go in there before, and they have an understanding of how money works. Are you hearing me? Because they thought, all my troubles are gone. Hello? Let me ask you, how many of you love to win $100 million? Come on. I would love someone to give me $100 million. But can I tell you something? If you had $100 million, it wouldn't help you with what you really need. Oh, it may make you, you might drive a nicer car. Till, someone, till you hit someone, they sue you for everything you got. But see, I just want to say this. Are y'all with me this morning? My prayer is that you hear the truth. Oh, come ye, O oh faithful. Why? Because we are. Because he is. It's not because who we are. It's because of who he is. See, oh, come ye, O oh faithful. Be joyful and triumphant. Come to Bethlehem. Come and see the king of angels. And come and let us adore him. Come, let us adore him. For he is Christ the Lord. You know, my desire today is that no matter what you go through, no matter what you're facing, he can be the king of your life. He can triumphant over every circumstance that you face. No matter what you go through. No matter what your tomorrow might be like. He's right there. You see, I just want you to leave here thinking, knowing this, that God has given you the power to be an overcomer. And the lie is that, well, it's going to be the same like it was yesterday, Pastor. You don't know the things I'm going through. No, I don't know the things you're going through, but do you know the Jesus that I know that helped me walk through things, that helped me go through things? Are you hearing me? Because that's the Jesus that you... And listen, there are people here that are so much more in love with Jesus than I am. 
Just because I'm a pastor don't mean I'm in love with Jesus more. Then I believe there's some people in here that love him more than, they, than I love him. Are you hearing me? And I want to be around those kind of people. Those kind of people that provoke me want to love him more. How dare you out love my Jesus? Come on. How dare you walk in victory? I'm going to get that victory on me. But see, a lot of times we follow people. What's wrong with you? And then we become like them. Hello. Bible says misery loves. And I don't want to be in the company of people that are miserable all the time. Come on. In fact, I try to stay away from them. How many of you know you got people, you're coming up Christmas and I'm going to be done here. And you're going to meet them and they're the most negative and everything's always going wrong. Folk. How many talking about? And you're just like, can I just say something this year? Why don't you allow God to fill you with his faithfulness, his joy, and a triumphing spirit? That no matter what comes your way, no matter what people say, no matter what, what, what people think that has to happen, that you go, you know what? God's greater than any of my circumstances. God's greater. Amen? Can I pray for you this morning? Because I want to. Let's pray. Won't you grab the person's hand next to you? Look at them before I pray. Say, man, you're looking good this morning. See, they were lying. And the other person that you're trying to avoid to say that to, tell the other person next to you, you're looking good too. Because I know how it is. You walked in here. I don't know if my hair's right, if I match, if I'm wearing the right thing. I just want to get through all the devils, all right? Those, those aren't even devils. Those are imps, okay? But I want to get down to the meat of what everything needs to happen in this place with you and in this house. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you. They, they fought to get here. I know there was probably circumstances, situations that could have kept them from coming. But Lord, I thank you so much that they're here. And Lord, I pray that, that God, that you would just continue to open their ears to hear what you want to speak today, what you want to say. And Father, I pray that you would put a hunger and a thirst and a longing. You said if we'd hunger and thirst for you, you you would satisfy. You'd meet the thirst. You'd meet the hunger. Put a hunger. Put a hunger. Put a Holy Spirit hunger in people's hearts for you, Jesus. That we'd be faithful to you, Lord, even in the midst of our faithlessness. Many of us have been just faithless sometimes, but you've been, you always remain faithful. Lord, create a faithfulness in us. Lord, I pray that you would just put a joy in us, that it would come from you, not from things that happen around us that we're happy, but that, Lord, that you would put a joy a joy, a deep embedded joy that would be so contagious that people would go, why are you you like that? And we would have a Matthew party right where we're at. And we'd be able to tell them what you did in our hearts and our lives and what you want to do in them and that you're no respecter of persons. 
But Lord, I pray for every person here this morning, those that are fighting things, maybe depression, maybe sickness, maybe cancer. It may be something that you feel like God would never accept you. I want to speak to that. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's hand is holding out for you right now. He loves you. He loves you. Pastor Bob, how much does God love me? He loves you enough to put his sacrifice to son to reveal to you that he loves you that much. And that you are like that thief on the cross. There's hope that you would be, you can be with him today. Today you can meet him. And Father, I pray for those. I pray that those that they're this morning, that they're their worst enemy is their own mind their own minds I pray you would just break that and today that people would step out in faith believe you that you can overcome the, they can overcome depression they can overcome habits that they've formed in their minds think lies that the enemy has spoken to them about and I pray that you would break that right now by the blood of Jesus because it's not a phrase that I say. I understand what that means. That you can break every chain, every lie, everything that's been over people's minds and their hearts. And I pray, Father, this morning that people would walk out of here hungry for victory. Hungry to honor and be a blessing during this moment in this time. Lord, breathe faithfulness and joy and a triumphant spirit upon every individual here this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.